0: When you are healed and whole and healthy, it is absolutely true that those sort of things that keep you centered, those healthy habits that we work so hard to build, yeah, they're absolutely the right things. But when you're in an unhealed space and you're working through big things, those sort of habits, I'll say, aren't the same things that are going to serve you in an unhealed space. Hi
1: friend, welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee, and let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Gather and Growth. I am bringing you a very impromptu episode today, like very random, very rogue. I actually was supposed to sit down and record a solo episode about a completely unrelated topic, and it just... Did not feel right. Um, I'm in the middle of a journey of healing and self discovery and just really figuring out a lot. And um, what I hadn't planned to talk about just isn't the, the story that needs to be shared today. So I was actually messaging back and forth with someone who, over the past year, has become a really incredible friend and someone I admire so deeply. And she was just literally spewing wisdom to me in a Marco Polo. And I'm like, uh, this is kind of weird, but do you want to record a podcast? And she was like, <laughs> okay. So let me introduce you to Kristen Rogers. Kristen, thanks for being here today. Absolutely.
0: I think an impromptu uh, conversation with people listening is just like us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> I
1: am not recording in the closet. I actually had to to move around because of construction in the basement. So this is really, this is off the cuff. Anyway, Kristen, I would love if you could give the people listening a little bit of context of who you are, what you do, and what
0: brought you to this conversation today. Um, It's not going to be a knock your socks off introduction, that's for sure. (laughs) I am by no means an expert, um, but I have been in a mastermind with Emily for the last year. And I think that maybe there might be value in the conversations that we have about the growth that we're both experiencing from our... Sort of seats on the bus.
1: Mm, So true.
0: Gosh, I don't even know where to go from. I know. I feel like this all started because we were talking about how we've both realized that we are really good at figuring out what we need to do to feel better. Like, what are our go to coping things? Like, for you, maybe it's a run or working out. I love to meditate and hike, but we're both realizing that some days, feeling better and those things we need to do to feel better and actually healing are two completely different things.
1: Yeah. I would love if you could give a little bit of context, just even where you have been professionally and Mm -hmm. how your mindset around that has shifted so much over, I would say the past three years or so, just like what you felt like you needed to achieve to be Mm -hmm. enough or successful and like what, you know, kind of crushing it looks like compared to like what that journey has looked like over the past year and what's brought you to today?
0: Yeah. So for context, I'm 41. Um, and when I was hitting 30, I had like this super epiphany about how that next decade of my life was going to be all about my career. And I had a goal to be in like this chief, um, administration position by the time I was 40. And so everything that I centered my goals and things around was all about this goal. I actually bought a watch and I had it engraved with the um, acronym of the role that I wanted because it was like this constant reminder to me of this goal that I had. And I didn't necessarily have a desire to be in that role because I wanted this powerful role, but I was, I work in healthcare and I had this dream that by being in this sort of higher level role, I could make a bigger impact. And so everything about me centered around that goal. I was really fortunate to achieve it. And so back in 2019, um, get into that role and I like arrived, right? Everything, Mm -hmm. you know, the stars aligned and um, everything was supposed to be great. And then I started, um, I was sort of on that Rachel Hollis train of hustle and achievement and goals and, you know, being healthy and drinking all my water and, you know, doing all the hustle things. Right. Um, And so I sort of started to... Recognize within myself that I I'm definitely the type of person that will give every ounce of myself to my career, to the people that I love and that love me. And I got COVID um, in November of 2020, and I was a healthy person who got super duper sick. Found out kind of six months in that I was probably going to be one of those long haulers that they knew nothing about, and you know. I just couldn't do what I used to be able to do. My body just couldn't anymore. And so eventually, you know, when my life started to look different and I had a significant shift in my career life, I got this opportunity to look at life differently and prioritize, you know, just my my professional career in my life differently you know, full disclosure, I don't have any kiddos, not in the cards for me, just not in God's plan for my life. And so my career was sort of everything for me, my full identity. And so when that shift happened, and I had to put my career differently in my life, that's sort of when the vast majority of my real shift in understanding where that's supposed to fit started. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then over the course of the past year, almost a year now, it's mm-hmm. looked extremely different. And I think that in this this state of uncertainty, which I think a lot of us can relate to in our own way, mm-hmm. whether it's uncertainty of a career change or just life, throwing yeah. different things our way. It's like, what do I do when everything I thought that I needed or has worked for me in the past yes. is no longer relevant? And that's yes. kind of the conversation that we were having today of... Mm-hmm. I, like just to speak to to my personal experience, like I know all of the things that make me feel my best. Like I, half of what this podcast is about is, you know, reaching for the best version of yourself and setting goals and, you know, being really intentional with your time and and with your health. And as much as I know those things in the season that I'm in right now, it's like none of that even matters or Mm -hmm. even feels Possible. And I think that's a huge, been a huge struggle for me to like know how I have existed in other seasons versus how impossible it feels some days just to be a person. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've never been through before.
0: Right. And I think that that's where, if you don't mind me sharing what I said to you the other day we are surrounded by this group of incredible people. Like if you have the opportunity to join a mastermind that you know nothing about 10 <laughs> out of 10 would recommend Um, because Emily and I both stepped into it. Like we have no idea what we just said yes to. And now we're here. Um, yeah. I can't imagine my life without you or the other women that surround us in our mastermind. And the greatest part is, is that we all come from very different places, but oftentimes because it's such a strong, high achieving group of people that it comes back to this, like, well, you know what you need to be doing. Like you, these are the things that make you feel good. You've shared that with us or that help you stay whole and you're not doing them. And I would say that in a healed space, that is the best advice, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you are healed and whole and healthy, it is absolutely true that those sort of things that keep you centered, those healthy habits that we work so hard to build. Yeah, they're absolutely the right things. But when you're in an unhealed space and you're working through big things, those sort of habits, I'll say, aren't the same things that are going to serve you in in an unhealed space. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I had to figure out was normal me would run into a plan mode, right? So here's the 50 steps I need to take right this minute to get myself right back to where I need to be. That's the opposite of what I was feeling compelled to do in that time. And I've shared this unendingly to you, but I was compelled to be still, to just sit with it, sit with the pain, sit with the discomfort. And for me, it was all of the things that in my hustle for the last decade, I did not deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And so I lost my brother in 2018 unexpectedly. I prided myself having previously worked in hospice with having dealt with my grief very well. The truth was I hadn't. And I didn't know that until I allowed myself to be still and actually start to work through some of the things that frankly sounds horrible, but I didn't have the time to work through when I was in hustle mode. Right. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't to say that it was ever easy. Um, it was super painful, but I'd been given this gift of time to actually do it that I knew wasn't likely to ever be a reality for me again.
1: Yeah. And isn't it such an interesting place where you're like, you're committed. You're like, yeah. now I have been intentionally or unintentionally running from these traumas, capital T traumas or lowercase T traumas, both cuz that's the thing we i think most people have some element of trauma that they don't maybe don't recognize or maybe do and deal with or don't deal with but when you're in a season where you're like it's time and that's what that's what caught up to me i don't even know time is such a weird construct right now but let's just yeah. say a few months ago that i was like i don't feel like i can do anything else effectively until I sit with this. And it's mm. such a conscious choice to be still and to sit because I know all of the things, all of the checklists, all of the the habits or the the planning that I could do to do everything that I need to do and be thriving. Yeah, but that's not what I need right now. Right no. now I have to let myself feel and experience and process and work through stuff that has been like deep in my heart since I was little. Yeah. And it's so ugly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Darn it. I know. And
1: I just, I, you know, after watching what you've experienced over the past year, like I cling to the, the hope and the knowledge that tomorrow, maybe not actually tomorrow, but a tomorrow will be more abundant and even better because of it. But yeah, what was that experience like for you of just being like, okay, I am actually going to be still, I'm actually going to deal with this Mm because it's not an easy process.
0: Heck no. (laughs) Um, I, I would say that that first, you know, you like, I'll use the experience when my brother passed away. We left the hospital um, well after 10 p.m. at night. We woke up the next morning normal time. So I'd say 6 a.m. probably. And, you know, I woke up and my husband was, you know, getting ready for the day. And he's like, do you want coffee? And I was like, yeah, of course I want coffee. And in that space between when I woke up and when he asked me for coffee, I forgot. Mm. Right. And then as soon as I realized, oh, my God, my brother died last night. I lost it in a way that I've never lost it in my whole entire life. Like I lost all control of my body um, and my emotions. And there's sort of something about that emotion that you can't process at the time, but you eventually have to process it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, right? So I thought that, that healing... And, and things was really about like managing those emotions rather than feeling them. Mm-hmm. And so my, my number one goal became to manage those emotions, right? Like I can feel it, but I can't feel it too much because if I go too far, right? Like I don't know if I can come back from it. I don't know that I had a conscious conversation with myself about that, but I would say in every big T low T trauma in my, life, it's been about managing the feelings with intellectual intervention. Right. And
1: like, okay, how am I going to conquer this and become more self-resilient and more organized and more successful and like, okay, uh, and I moved on and I got through it. And like, therefore I'm strong. Therefore I can do, I can do hard things. And yeah, it's such a, different experience to find strength and like, oh no, I'm going to feel it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's, that's where I was, you know, sort of last January was I remember calling my mom and her saying, just come home. Like, just come home. Let me take care of you, which if you have a mama like that, just praise. <laughs> I, I, I have the best family, parents, um, you know, that a girl could ask for, husband, support system, friend, group, which as it turns out, doesn't matter because you've got to do the work regardless. And so that was my first instinct. Go home, went home that weekend, let my mom take care of me. And that's what I did. And so that's really when I leaned to my faith more and just kind of thought, I think I just have to sit with this. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think my typical sort of manage this away with a plan and hustle approach is going to work this time because I started to realize there were a lot of hard things that I had to come to grips with over that last sort of ten years that I hustled instead. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can relate to that. <laughs> Weird. I don't. I don't
1: know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so just being still meant that I knew that the only way out was through. And I had to sit with some stuff that I hadn't, whether it was intentional or not, sat with in a long time. And so that's when I started to kind of wake up to this every morning I realized that I had the list. What should I do today? What do I need to do today? What do I have to do today? And I had to change that to what can I do today to be as still as possible? What does that look like? So in the morning, I would get up and I had my favorite Christian playlist um, that I would just rock out to while I did the little things around the house that I could, which ended up being like that the new habit I built in place of the get up, make my coffee, go to work habit. It was like this really intentional time with God, with myself, in reflection. I started um, journaling and not with any super intention, but just to kind of like start working things out. And yeah, that kind of became my new normal.
1: Yeah. I would love if you could share kind of what that evolution of giving yourself space to heal looked like over the course of those several months in between like I don't want to say your world falling apart because so much of it was still intact.
0: But yeah. But let's change that significantly. <laughs> right. Because then <laughs> yeah. on
1: top of that, like a few months later, um, you guys moved to Colorado. And so yeah. you were you were in like so much transition, but still so committed to healing and to stillness yeah. and to faithfulness and knowing that it's for a purpose. Yeah. And so, for for someone listening, that's like, wow, yeah, I am in the depths of something, or I need to deal with something. Like, please, yes. please give me like some ounce of a roadmap. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So I can, I, like I said, I'm no expert. I can only say what I did and sort of what worked and what didn't work. Um, I think right away, and then this whole other Colorado opportunity sort of presented itself. And being that we can't have kiddos, it seemed like why not? You know, why shouldn't we see more of this incredible country that we live in? We love to travel. I think the hardest part was being much, much further away from our family who did not live in the smaller community that we lived in. And then just like, uh, are we going to pick up and move across the country? Is this really what we're doing right now? Because why not? But yeah, so I think that that, that old Kristen, that didn't fit in the plan. Mm-hmm. The plan was I was going to find a remote position because he loved his role. And like, why shake things up more than we have to? Um, uh, God's plan was very different. <laughs> um, and I believe firmly that if I had not been sort of in the stillness, I probably wouldn't have been as open to, mm-hmm. I actually realized there was no better time for us to pick up and move across the country than that time because we were already in this cosmic shift anyway. And that God had been building us bridges sort of all along for how we were going to keep ourselves whole on the friends, family, loved ones standpoint. So so for me, I can tell you what that stillness looked like. It really did look like getting up in the morning and having a probably a two hour space where I didn't do anything. I really did. <laughs> It's so funny to reflect back on now because it's not me. No, Um, not at all. At all. Um, But I would still go into my office in my house every day because that was such a safe space. Mm -hmm. So I moved my, like, Stanmore speaker into the office and turned on my music. But instead of, like, jumping on email or into my to-do list, I just – kind of sat and journaled and drank my coffee and spent that time really thinking about I had a shout out to my amazing (laughs) coach pain, um, who had been asking me a lot of prompting questions to kind of help center me around like, okay, well, if you could write your ticket for the next chapter, what does it look like? It did not look like hustle. It did not look like leadership as much as I love and miss like leading my team was the highlight of my life especially the teams I led but especially this last group of people I was so blessed to be surrounded by the people that I was every day that I actually directly led but I never felt like I was their leader and they were my people it just felt like we were this sort of like-minded group of people who were really passionate about what we were doing and so um the idea of not leading people was not something I would have ever considered. And now I, I don't. I, I lead independent work and it's exactly what I need in my life right now. But had it not been for the stillness and the time of reflection and for some of the prompting questions that, that my coach asked me, I don't know that I would have gotten there
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I'm a servant leader. I love. I love to see someone that trusts me enough to lead them grow and become what I could see that they could be, but that maybe they couldn't have. And so I I found so much of my fullness in my role through that. But the truth is, is that I was just focusing on them so I didn't have to focus on me.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Oh, it's kind of like me being a teacher.
0: Weird. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) or pouring into the work that you do now. Because you love to see this growth change light bulb moment for these people that you're serving now, right? Like, mm-hmm. but that thing we've heard our whole life about how you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes, we can. We've been doing it a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> like we're good at it, actually. Yeah.
1: My cup's yeah. empty, I'll find another one. That's right.
0: <laughs> or I don't need it to be full. I'll just keep on giving what I don't have. Because not selfishly. Like we don't realize how how we're doing it. It's filling a a void that we probably haven't acknowledged that we even have yet.
1: I think that's a great clarification because in so many ways for I would say the past couple of years, I have been so intentional about taking care of myself and prioritizing, you know, my physical, mental, and emotional health. And I do credit that work. Yes to giving me the emotional maturity to go through what I'm going through right now. hundred percent. I actually don't think I had the capability to do the work that I'm doing now before I started a personal growth journey. Right. Because I was so unaware that all of this even was laying beneath the surface. I didn't feel like I was pouring from an empty cup. You know, I would say within the past couple of years as I have been more intentional, but – it really has given space the more self aware i've become the more self aware i've become the the more just doing the work i've done it's like mm-hmm. oh man like there is stuff deep in my body that has to come out
0: yeah but i also think that the work on self and these books that we read and all these things we do they can be emptying our cup if we're not careful yeah right? Like that kind of endless pursuit of of sort of this best self mm-hmm. builds that construct. Like we are building towards something, right? And that's sort of this, whatever it is out there, <laughs> this best self we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of relentless pursuit for that, we lose so much of the stillness that is required to actually get to that place, I think.
1: I think I need to like re-record the intro to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> just like, no, I just feel like there is... <laughs> 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 no, I mean like to the gathering Growth podcast as a whole. Oh, I see. I just, I just, and I don't know where this all stands. I just, there's so much more. There's like, yeah. we come to personal growth or resources with like, I need this diet and exercise plan, or I need help with marketing my business, or I need, you know, whatever this, that, and the other. Because we feel like it's going, it's going to help us evolve or elevate. And all of that is true. But the more women I work with, the more conversations I have. What we really need is to heal, yes, and to love ourselves deeper, and trust ourselves, and lean mm. into. To faith and understanding and stop looking so externally for the answer,
0: yeah, which I think like we know, right, like I think we know that, but we think we're doing all of these I believe that we believe when we're doing all of those things, the wellness and you know all of these things that that is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think that we believe we are healing. Mm -hmm. And when you come to sort of the end of that road and realize, oh, crap, I'm still broken. Holy cats. Like, I just did all this for, you know, like when I was like way down the Rachel Hollis rabbit hole, I was like, that is me. Like, this is what I need to do. I need to live in that gratitude. I need to live in those things. And I still do parts and pieces of that, but it just looks very different. Like for me, I had experienced some things with autoimmune disease and, you know, was really struggling to have the energy to do the things that I needed to do for my body to look the way that I had come to know as something I was really comfortable with. When I started this journey, I was really, really struggling from long COVID, but I just shared with the mastermind the other day, like I don't think I realized how physically sick I really was until I started this journey and at this journey, when I was just being still, I wasn't doing anything related to my health, not my physical health. Um, I wasn't trying to exercise. I wasn't trying to eat better. I wasn't trying to do any of those things. I was actually telling myself the opposite. Just do what you can today. That's it. And if, if that means you are like, man, I can't wait to put on my tennis and go for a walk, then great. If it means sit on this couch. And the thing is, is that it never meant sit on the couch for me. Like I did not stay in bed, sit on the couch. I went into my office every day. You know, that was my new habit. And I stayed there until my husband got home. And it was, I was, I'm getting my master's. So it was, you know, doing homework and being able to invest more time into that. It was um, having some friends reach out to to have me do some consulting work, which was awesome and filled my cup so much during that transition. But the outcome now is... I'm physically so healthy. I didn't significantly change my diet. I didn't significantly change my exercise routine. I didn't start new medication, go off medication, you know, measure my water intake every day. I did none of those things. I actually didn't think about it at all. That's what being still meant. Yeah. Take all those goals off and just be every day and hopefully every day being gets a little easier and it did.
1: And isn't it amazing? Like when you release that pressure, let go of the expectations, stop thinking about what you should be doing and get clear on like what you need and yeah. what you want, how yeah. all of these, like it all clicked into place.
0: Yeah.
1: And when you, I, I don't know, I've been reading the book, the body keeps the score, which is about like the way our body holds on to trauma and how it yes. manifests. Um, And it's like when you give that space to come out and process, like how much your physical health changes. It's my, that's a rabbit
0: hole. I am just scratching the surface. I think that's what was the biggest thing for me was that I was always so fixated on the physical things that I needed to do to get healthy. And I, 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 you know this about me, but I am a deeply feeling person, Mm -hmm. super empath. (laughs) Like take everything in that's going on, fix all the things around me. The physical manifestation of that in your body cannot be underscored. Yeah. Like I went to, I was super blessed to go to this hiking retreat, um, which is where I sort of would say like that bookends the journey and my life started sort of after that, my journey of healing. Um, but I went and I haven't had a massage in over 10 years because it was painful. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to relax. Like this hurts. I'm not doing that. I I price on bananas to other people who love massages because my husband does, and he's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I don't even like when they give me the massage in my pedicure. (laughs) But when I went to this retreat, I decided, and I think it's a total God thing to go have this massage, and kind of had told the she's like, well, it shouldn't hurt, you know. Like if it's if it's hurting, you know, that's somebody not doing it right. She said, I listen to the body Mm -hmm. and I can tell when I'm getting to a space that's painful. And so it went from, we're going to sit and have this quiet massage with the spa music to she and I just talking about how we hold trauma in our body and what it means. And it blew my mind. Yeah. Everything made sense to me after that.
1: Well, yeah. Because if you're holding trauma in your body and then someone starts rubbing on it, it. It physically actually hurts. It hurts.
0: Yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know that that's why that was happening. And so mm-hmm. as we talked, that's when she really said like, it's not just trauma. It's how you respond to stress. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would tell you that in my work life, I wasn't ever stressed. I was busy. But it took a lot for me to get to the place where I was like, holy cats, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. But I think I had such a high threshold. And it was because so much of it, I was just like holding on to my body as hard yeah. as I could, like my hands like this. But I'd be like, I'm not stressed. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Maybe not mentally. Your mind doesn't think you are. Maybe your heart and emotions don't feel it, but your body most certainly does. And so... I had always thought like yoga, meditation, all those things were for someone else. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. It yeah. does not fit into my calendar. Sounds great. But I can't do that in cardio, right? Like I have no. 30 minutes. I'm getting on the Peloton.
1: <laughs> you were too busy getting to work at 6 a.m.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whoops. Uh, so, I mean, I think that getting off the Peloton – And getting down on the mat and doing five minutes of breath work and then realizing, oh, I'm actually holding my breath majority of the time. Yeah. Like that has a physiological impact on your body
1: when you're holding your breath. Yeah. And how much of it we don't even realize. Yeah.
0: How how many therapists tried to tell me about box breathing that I was like, again, that's for somebody else, but good try. (laughs) Oh, my God! It's like when they say that whole fable about, you know, God sends the guy a boat and he keeps saying like, no, God's going to save me. And then he sends him a bigger boat. He's like, God's going to save me. And then when he gets up to heaven, God's like, why didn't you take the boats I sent you?
1: (laughs) You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. weird.
0: Yep. Been there.
1: But we're so distracted thinking about all the things that we should be doing that we think are going to make us feel a certain way. Yeah. That's not actually addressing... You know, it's like the, are you addressing the root problem or are you putting a band on it? Right.
0: Band-Aid over a bullet hole. Yeah, yeah. Without even realizing you got shot. No. I'm like, no, because this is what getting shot looks like. Yeah. And I think it's part of growing up with that sort of somebody always has it worse than I do. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's that empathy. It's that mind over actual emotion thing that we do where our head tells us, you know what? Stop making such a big deal out of this. Yeah. Other people have it so much worse. It's not like these three things that you've somehow classified in your head as being horrific have yeah. happened to you, so you're not allowed to get that upset about it. No,
1: you're fine. Yeah. Right. Well, at least you didn't blah, blah, blah. At yes. least it wasn't blah, blah, blah. Like, who are you to feel any certain way because someone else experiences blah, blah, blah. Right. There's a name for that, and I can't remember, but I and def- in, in like the a long time before I started therapy that was in my mind is like you're fine. Right. Everything's fine. Right. And yeah, it is true. Other people go through horrific things. Right. But that doesn't discredit the work that like you're allowed to do to heal your own wounds.
0: And you have to validate it for yourself. You can't the external validation. Like so I'll I'll just use not, not having kids as an example, right? No matter how many people say to you oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. In my mind, I'm like, why are you sorry? Right? Like it wasn't the worst thing that could happen to someone. And so like, I just refused to, I really like master compartmentalizer just shoved that one down to some box clear all the way down in my toes because there was nothing I could do about it. So therefore I can't process it. And you know, once I did really process it and validate it for myself, say to myself, Kristen, that really makes you sad. And you have a right to be sad about that, or that pisses you off, yeah, And you have a right to be really mad about it. And now just sit with that. That's the tool. The tool is, I can't even name this emotion right now that I'm feeling because it's that bad. But whatever it is, I'm going to sit here and feel it. I'm gonna cry about it, scream about it, whatever it takes, because the only way out of that emotion is through it. Mm-hmm. That's the last year of my life, in a nutshell.
1: And that's why I want to buy my therapist a boat or whatever is on her <laughs> yes, Christmas list. Yes,
0: yes, a hundred and ten percent. Because
1: it's it is so helpful to have someone be like to name the feeling. Mm -hmm. And be like, and it's valid because of this. And Mm -hmm. like, it's not all in your head. And this is why your body's feeling this way. And then here's how we can process
0: and work through it. Because the truth is, is nothing is just in our head. It doesn't start in our head. Mm -mm. It works its way up there. And, and we, we over rationalize it. Yes. <laughs> where we then do all these, like, you know, I like, I feel like it could be a fidget spinner. Like it just keeps going around and around oh. and around to like sort of neutralize and make us feel better. But mm. in actuality, there's nothing that can be solved up there in the earthly world. And that's that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, deconstructing what I thought needed my life if if I am not a mom then I have to be this extremely successful professional. Mm -hmm. Because if not, I'm just me and that's not enough. Like that is where I got to Mm -hmm. is that that was what I'd built for myself. So the pressure that I was putting on myself to succeed was tenfold more than it should have ever been because I am enough just me. Even if I'm not a mom, even if I'm not this, that, or the other thing, it doesn't matter. I can win all the 20 under 40 awards and be on every board and, you know, be this level position and be this kind of friend and this kind of daughter. I can be all of those things, but it does not increase my value or decrease my value. Ooh, That's the the line. Mic drop there. Mm -hmm. I do want to say, If I was listening to this, I would say to myself, that's great, but you had all this time off to figure it out. For me, the actual win was when I started my new position and have a high level of project pressure and work to do again, figuring out how to stay in that energy now as being back to having the grind of my professional life and my personal life and all the things that I'm trying to, um, that's the key. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I found the door, but I had to find the key to unlock the door, which is for me, I still have to have that space to be still. Whether that's hiking now that I live in this beautiful mountainous area or, um, you know, like for the first time in my life, I shut my email off over the weekend. My boss and I have an agreement that if he needs me, he can call me or text me and I'm happy to do whatever is needed because I realized the pressure was never there. It was what I put on myself to be constantly responding and not setting appropriate boundaries in my work life. My boss and I have very open communication about it. Um, he's incredible. He values his time, but he takes his time at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm hopefully sleeping at that time. So <laughs> so I, I would say that I think if I was listening and thought, okay, but what do you do when you don't have that space is stop lying to yourself that you can't make the space for it. Ooh. That's a lie we say to not do the work,
1: right? Yeah. And like, what is going to have to change in order to make the space? Yes. Because it's not like an extra hour or 15 minutes appears out of nowhere. Right. It's something. And it might be asking for help for the first time, or it might be trading in something else that you do for time dedicated to whatever it is that you need to heal, to feel, to process, to to do all of those things. And I know I'm guilty of that. I'll get Mm -hmm. to the end of the day and be like, oh, I didn't have time to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, actually, did you need to scroll TikTok for an hour?
0: No. But maybe you you did. did. (laughs) But maybe (laughs) maybe you you did, did. right? Like, so I think that's what it is, is that for me, I would tell myself, I, I didn't have time because I had built my life in such a way that my time was filled from when I got up in the morning to when I went to bed at night. The problem was, is that in none of that time, was there space for me to do what I needed to do to heal. That is the goal of the day because until you heal, none of the other crap you filled your day with is going to be what it could be and what you're actually, what, what I actually wanted it to be and the value that I wanted to add to the world was so limited by the fact that I hadn't healed from, I would say these three big things that I was, was really trying to deal with. And, you know, I remember doing the last 90 days, it must have been like in 2017, maybe when that started, getting up 30 minutes earlier to do something for yourself. And I was like, oh, I love my sleep. Like, yeah. one mean I have to get up 30 minutes earlier? And I think it was actually an hour, but I made it 30 minutes because I love my sleep that much. <laughs> but I, I did get up 30 minutes earlier. And in fact, over the three years of doing last 90 days, which for those who may not know is like just basically this kind of habit challenge that you do for the last 90 days of the year so that you can hit the ground running in the new year. But Emily, what I did with that 30 minutes was go to work earlier. Uh, Oh yeah, I was gonna say, I don't... (laughs) So I added 30 minutes the next year and guess what? I went to work 30 minutes earlier the next year. And it was because I was like, I can be more productive if I get there before everybody else starts their work day and all my meetings and things start so now starting this new job, I have set some pretty good boundaries for myself of look this week I've had early morning meetings because I, you know, a lot of my coworkers are on East Coast time, but for the most part, I don't start my day before 7:30, my work day. I get up, I take the time, I drink my coffee, I listen to my music, I found the things that allow me to be still. And in that stillness, I don't have to do anything at all. I don't have to journal. I don't have to hustle. (laughs) And so I think the gift of it all is being able to start a new career in a new space where I know nothing and I'm learning a lot and just be okay every day with that. Yeah. And that's been the biggest gift of all, I think. I love
1: that so much.
0: Feeling better and healing are not the same thing. They are not. Better and healing is not the same thing.
1: In fact, healing doesn't feel better for a long time. Not a lot. I have faith that it will be fruitful, Mm -hmm. but not right
0: now. And that's okay. That's all you need though. All you need is the faith that at the end of the day, whenever that is, it will be better because of it. And I think you can attest to it because you've spent so much time with me in the last year. But what I hear the most from people is you look so different. You look so happy. Mm. And I think to myself, I thought I was pretty stinking happy before. (laughs) Like what? But it's For something that I can't see myself, other people see. So maybe I saw myself this way the whole time and it was just a matter of getting there, but there is an other side. Yeah. And I remember telling you guys about that song, uh, that Kenny Chesney song that I've always loved so much called boats. And it's about this guy who, um, is on his boat in the middle of a hurricane. And he is obviously in a very dangerous situation and his boat comes out on the other side. And that's how the other side got its name. He's on this little boat in the middle of a hurricane, but he makes it to the other side and the other side exists. And yeah. doesn't mean you don't have to go through the hurricane to get to it, but you will, and it'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. I see that for you. And I, I think that your ability to work through this in a space where other people trust you with this journey is going to help so many people. But I'm proud of you that your focus right now isn't on helping other people. Yeah. That's
1: because my therapist said that's what I should do.
0: But it's, but you're doing <laughs> it, right? And I think that's, that's the battle. The battle is knowing what you're supposed to do when it's something you don't want to do and doing mm. it anyway.
1: Yeah. Kind of visceral, but
0: because it's counterintuitive to the thinking that you've had this whole time and what. Where has the thinking that you've had this whole time gotten you in the way of healing? Right. So it's breaking down the construct of how you think about working through things. And a therapist is a great person to do that way. <laughs> I'd highly recommend that. Rather than moral the books. of the
1: story, get <laughs> a therapist and get you a mastermind. That's
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: Kristen is Kristen and I are in a mastermind together. The one I participate in, not one that I facilitate. So yes, she has truly seen so much mm. from me, mm-hmm. um, ups and downs over the last year. We're at, we're at a year anniversary.
0: I know it. I think it's because when we all kind of sat down last week and, sh- and, you know, shared our, this is what I feel like I've accomplished or what this mastermind has taught me. What it really comes down to is we are all feeling the same. We might not get there through the same big T, little T trauma or experiences or faith journeys or professional journeys or whatever it may be, but we have all got this self-love issue (laughs) that we need to fix. And I think for a long time, the self-love that I needed, that I have now was taught to me as being selfish Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. overly confident. Should we be humble? I don't know. I don't know, but I I had a sign in my office that said humble to remind myself like how important that was instead of, you know, being really proud Mm -hmm. of what we've accomplished or I don't know. I just think self-love looks so different than I thought that it did.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's really holding space for yourself through not only what we've accomplished, but the parts that feel icky. Mm. It's the good and the bad and, you know, recognizing what we need to evolve while also like deeply loving ourselves for everywhere that we're at right now, everywhere that we've been and every place that we're becoming.
0: Can I ask you a question? Sure. When you think of how you love Andrew or the kids, do you ever feel like you've loved yourself as much as that? mm, yeah, I think I'm it's just
1: sometimes looked different in different seasons right now. I'm learning to love myself in the way that I fully trust myself mm-hmm. and that that doesn't come from a place of having to be hyper independent to be safe, mm. Um, preach (laughs) and allowing myself to like lean into other people in ways that I didn't even realize I wasn't, I was preventing myself from Mm -hmm. because like sit down, do the work, like rely on me, help other people like fix all the problems is what got me to right now. And right now I'm learning to let other people hold me through Mm-hmm. things so I don't have to do it all alone mm-hmm. and not that I haven't been surrounded by good people or or let people help me in the past but it's like at a very deep vulnerable level that I'm learning to trust myself and like Andrew through the season that I'm in mm-hmm. oh we could talk for hours we should sure literally could. literally hours
0: <laughs> that's why I love you
1: I know, I know. Seriously, um, these
0: conversations but- can be too much for other friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so true. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't even like scratched the surface of everything I was going to ask you about the untethered soul, but we're at an hour.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so maybe
1: there's maybe there's another part in there. But one thing that I ask every guest before we close is what does personal growth mean to you? And I think what I want to ask you even more than that is like, what does personal growth mean to you now compared to how you would have defined it
0: literally one year ago? Yeah, it really means pausing. To me, like I, if I could give you like a visual representation of personal growth for me now, it looks like going through an ordinary experience of work, play, whatever it might be, and recognizing, oh, I have this feeling in the pit of my stomach right now. What is that? I need to take a minute and realize how important that is because if I don't now, I'm going to be trying to three months from now. And so even I'll use my new job as an experience to kind of give a good example is first- I'm you know, a few months in here, and when when I come to a place where I don't know how to do something or I don't understand something, I immediately get super anxious. Because for 15 years, I worked in the exact same space and could very often always come up with the answer and be the expert like that, and there's a lot of comfort in that. It's uncomfortable to be the new kid on the block. Intellect would tell me, just go figure out the answer. Once you learn what it is, you'll feel better. But new me knows there's an emotion there that I have to figure out and work through first. And then I can figure out the actual intellectual answer. It's heavy. That's not an easy thing to learn. And I'm still figuring it out because sometimes, I mean, you and I talked about this. Like, I can't name that emotion. I have no idea yeah. what that is. It feels crappy and I don't want to feel it anymore. So what do I need to do to not feel that emotion? How do anymore, I fix right? it? How do I yeah. fix it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's. Now for me, I just need to continue to put tools in my toolbox that allow me to manage emotions in the moment instead of compartmentalize and intellect them away. It's, you know, emotions are good. Yeah. As soon as I get past anger, fear, envy, worry, all of these things, I get to experience joy. And now like if I had like a, a, Maybe it's a pendulum, right? If, if a lot of it was fear before, like you and I've talked about, my word for this year was safety. <laughs> I couldn't have, L-O-L. have less L-O-L. safety L O L. the first week in January if I tried, but now it's joy. Like, how do I keep that pendulum swinging as close to joy all the time as I can? Um, yeah, it's by working through the emotions as they come and naming them, claiming them, feeling them, not trying to fix them, just allowing them to exist. And eventually, I'm through with that emotion without any intellect. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. I just have
1: to wonder, like, knowing what we have experienced or are experiencing, like, how different the trajectory of the rest of our life will be. Not... Holding on to every little thing. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, and, and not to say there won't always be ups and downs in different kinds of seasons, but I do feel like this has been a very pivotal year.
0: Yeah. It's one you're going to you know? look back on that you're going to be like, man, that was hard, but thank God for it. Right. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel. It's, it's, I never thought I would be thankful for the things that I've gone through, maybe even in the last 10 years. But, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Nothing that is meant for me is going to miss me. And I know that with every fiber of my being now, that doesn't mean that those things aren't going to hurt really bad. It doesn't mean that every time I see a little sweet newborn baby that I'm not like, darn, I would have loved to experience that, you know, but it wasn't meant for me. And I have this beautiful whole life in spite of that. And I'm so grateful to be able to be in a place where that doesn't govern my joy.
1: Yeah, what's meant for me won't miss me. That's like the what I don't remember what month you said that, (laughs) (laughs) but I have never forgotten it. If someone (laughs) scrolls back on Instagram far enough, they'll find I used it for like a quote graphic thing because it's so powerful.
0: Yeah, it is. We
1: we so overanalyze everything, every potential outcome, every every move we need to make to to do the right thing, and that's that's the truth. Because listen, it's
0: already been decided. Right. Whether you believe in God as your higher power or just the orbit of the universe spinning around, we don't get to control that. Yeah. We are not in control of what happens outside of this us. Mm -hmm. And no matter, no amount of thinking that we do is going to change that. Yeah. So being in a whole healthy emotional place as the realities come is the goal. Not you know controlling everything that happens by overthinking it and thinking that we're actually building solutions when in fact we're just burning through good energy Oof. like burning through that good energy it's not it's not helpful and that doesn't mean you don't think and it doesn't mean you don't feel it just means that you arrange the relationship between those two things differently to ensure emotional health first and then action in response to things that are happening Next. Well, there's a whole other tangent we can go on. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> Kristen, I love you. Thank you for Marco Poloing me and then agreeing to turn it into a podcast episode. I love you. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I I said this the other day, but I have my faith right now that there is a better tomorrow is from watching you go mm. through this year. So, Glad I could be of assistance.
0: (laughs) You're like, yeah, it was
1: great. Loved it.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. Really was. Thank you. Love you so much. Love you.
1: Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushell over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful
0: for you.